Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. Again, appreciate you spending some time with us. Today we have Aaron Turpin, who's been willing to share his story, and uh, it's fascinating, and I think you're going to bring out a few things that maybe we don't touch upon all the time, and so uh, I'd love to do it's kind so. of interesting uh, to maybe share. First of all, where were you born? And I was born in from? West Jordan. Were you? And yeah, so I grew up there for eight years, then moved to South Jordan around the time I was baptized, uh -huh. the LDS Church, and... Um, Where'd you go to high school? Bingham. Bingham, okay. Bingham Miners. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we used to play them. I went to South. Yep. So anyway, you uh, born, uh, you didn't know what BIC meant when I asked you about that. No, born, we, born we, in the Covenant. Born in the Covenant, okay. Yeah. So your parents were, yeah, were they I was converts? Or were they married? born and raised. No, my parents were both born and raised as well. Were they? And, you know, we have a big pioneer history. And they've and been through the temple. Yeah, they sure so you were born, very devout. You were um, born in the covenant. <laughs> they're they teach at the MTC. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, in Provo, huh? Uh huh. Oh wow. How long have they done that? A uh, couple of years, roughly. Wow. Is that a calling or is that a employment thing? It's a calling. I think it's a calling. Is it? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you're very active as a child and primary and all uh, that stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess I always thought I was a little bit different, but no, I, I considered myself, you know, fairly devout, fairly pious, and <laughs> I took it deadly seriously. I thought that most Mormons didn't take the religion seriously enough, frankly. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of... Feel, just, like, feel like you were judging whatever. them, or you were... Well, no, you, no. It was okay for you to judge them, I guess, huh? Well, it was Did just you like, that? you know, if you, if you have rules, then you need to follow those rules. Yeah, I kind of felt. I mean, I was that way too. So, and if somebody wasn't, then I thought, well, you're not living up to, to what you're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, I certainly knew that I had you know, problems, but I, I was one that I thought that I could defend you know, the faith to anyone. Yeah. And I tried that, you know, many yeah. times, you know, and never seemed to, no one else seemed to ever be able to put up a good enough fight <laughs> for... You know, whether it was Wiccans or, or just, you know, different people I, I met, you know, it seemed like I was always winning the arguments. Yeah. So. Well, we'll probably get into that a little bit more, but did you take seminary then in high school? And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so... the priesthood callings, I guess? And. Yeah, uh, as far as I went. So, yeah, I mean, I, I felt very good about it. You know, I went to church and I, you know, thought I felt the Spirit. And yeah. that's what I thought. You know, that's what I thought. I thought I knew what the Spirit was and thought I could tell pretty well. And so, did you re read the Book of Mormon in high school or anything? Or? Yeah, I read the Book of Mormon um, cover to cover over twice. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, probably so more than a lot of people. The first done. time was yeah. So I, I'd read it before I go to bed. 
Yeah. And I really liked it. You know, I thought that it was the perfect book, and I thought that the Bible was full of errors and full of all these, you know, that's, additions that's and That's what we're told, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I believed it. Yeah. And Joseph Smith, the prophet, and the church was true. Mm -hmm. and, and who, I guess President Hinckley was your... Yeah. So, yeah, I always liked President Hinckley. Yeah. He just seemed like such a humble, sincere man. And, yeah. You know, um, I thought all the attacks against Joseph Smith were... You know, they just kind of proved it in my mind that that evil was real and that they were just trying to attack it because <laughs> because they're evil and, and right. they want to attack what's right. Yeah, and that they just uh, it's all all from Satan. Any anything that's anti or it's like yeah. Just, I mean, why would they be so furious if if yeah. they weren't demonic? Or so you something. you're go in high school or you still going to church? I guess and your parents and everything. And what happens next? Yeah, so, um, you know, I always not well under the hood, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were things like the, the Catch-22 of, of Adam and Eve that kind of bothered me, that, that really just didn't make sense, but I, kind uh, of, but I put it on the shelf where they had to sin in order to obey another commandment, and it just it seemed really weird, and I didn't get it. But the thing that really... Now, um, just to, before you leave that, you, you know that the Mormons explain that as a transgression. They really didn't sin. They, they were just well, transgressing. What is, what is sin but a transgression of the law? <laughs> exactly. I know. It's I know easy, that now. It's a funny thing, isn't it? But, uh, but, and Mormons just let that go. Anyway, so what else? Yeah, was? And that, yeah. Like we could we could talk all <laughs> day about that alone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the the thing that really became a problem for me. Uh, was, I think it's Matthew 5, 28, where it says, you know, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery in his heart. And the way that I understood that, the way that it was taught, the way that it made sense, you know, there, was, there weren't any, like, minority reports or alternate opinions. It's that <laughs> basically even, like, looking at a woman or being attracted, you know, is a sin, it's like almost more than glancing is any is sinful, right? Yeah, you know, just being attracted and, and wanting to marry and wanting to kiss and wanting to hold hands and wanting to share intimate things and wanting to. Yeah. So that was sinful because it's like you know you'll be judged for your thoughts as well as your actions, and and this is where it really started to not seem fair to me, because it's like if someone says, don't think about pink elephants, don't think about pink elephants, well, <laughs> what did you just think of? You just thought of a pink elephant. Right. And even though I planted it there, you know, you're still a sinner. Right. And, you know, we, so I'm walking around in this world where there's pink elephants everywhere, and, you know, a lot of them are very pretty. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, uh, you know, it seemed like my own, my own body was against me, too, and so... Yeah, young, young got, men, yeah. It got really bad, and there wasn't, I wasn't very good at you know controlling my thoughts or 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 my actions and so you felt like you were not you felt guilt or not living up to oh totally you know, yeah. I was uh, became more and more of a sinner and like the yeah. the whole persona of, of being a good Mormon you know kind of changed into like no I'm I pretend to be a good Mormon but really I'm you know a very very felt bad like one. a hypocrite probably yeah, yeah. of course never thought of myself. Mormon. I always made a point to say LDS, but now yeah. I like to say Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up, uh, you went on a fast. Was that during high school or was that after? No, that was in high school. So, you know, without getting too graphic, yeah, uh, you know, just it's just, the... 
it, you, it got, you it got to a point to where yourself, right? And try to be, yeah, you know, I mean, I, it got to a point where I felt so helpless about, you know, my inability to control my thoughts or, you know, my related actions yeah, in, a, in a sexual nature that I decided to fast and pray until either I got the answer and the strength I needed and the testimony I needed, or I starved to death because in my mind, I thought that, well, if I starved to death, at least I wouldn't be digging a deeper hole for myself, you know, for all eternity um, <laughs> to suffer for that. Cut so, the sins short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you so, know, it's just so funny. The church has such a, we're in such bondage and, and that I think the, the, the effort that we make to try to be good and, and I know, without putting words in your mouth, but wow. I know that Utah has a high rate of suicide among young people. And sin, sexual sin, must be a big part of that. Perhaps drugs, maybe guilt over not going on missions or not living up to standards. But there's got to be some reason that uh, we... Well, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so how'd the fast go? <laughs> so, a few days in, you know, I'm not hungry anymore. Uh, just drinking water, just keeping it a secret from everyone. Nobody was the wiser. Um, I, you know, just being a total zombie through high school. Um, and so I, I plopped down on my bed and I was just like prostrate because I felt like I was too weak to kneel. And mm. I, well, I just poured my heart out. And, to God. and I was just begging, you know. <laughs> and, uh, well, there's two parts to this story. I'm going to tell you the... So the first part... So I, I was begging, and I poured my heart out, and and all of a sudden, uh, you know, when I felt like I had said everything that I could say, when I was like, totally, you know, everything's all out on the table, then I, you know, I asked, okay, um, you know, I, I pled my case. It was, you know, I need help or I'm going to die. And... Mm. Uh, so I asked, you know, is Joseph Smith a true prophet? And then, right then, I got this, the warm, fuzzy, uh, it, was, it was just like invigorating and couldn't say yes any better for an emotion. And, th and that was, I was like, whoa, this is it. <laughs> finally, an answer to it. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm finally getting the answer I need. It's, it's proving what I thought. You know, and uh, and so I, okay, okay, let's let's be methodical. You know, this is a scientific method. This is the way I was I was taught that Moroni's promise was. And so I'm like, okay, let's ask a no question. So I ask, is the church all made up for money? And then I got this cold, prickly, hollowing, bottoming out. It felt like I was getting twisted and contorted, like beneath the floor and pinched. And it was just like, oh wow, like thumped on the back of the head, like, no. I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that was everything youth conference said it would be and more, you know. And so, I, I was, but I was like in this frenzy, like I kept asking questions, because like, okay, it, how about this? Yes, you know, is this, is that, uh, you know, yes, no, yes, no. yes, no, or? Yes, no, so I'd ask a yes question and a no question, yes, no, yes, no, and then, yes, no, yes, no, and then I, I realized, wait, I didn't ask a question yet. Oh. And so I thought about that for a second, and then in that moment I realized that I could control it with willpower. And I did that a couple of times. I could give myself the emotion, yes or no, and, you know, yes, no, yes, and it kind of faded away. And so I... I so you, weren't tr you couldn't even trust your... So from that I, I figured that, you know, the explanation was 
that uh, no, I, did, I didn't tell anybody, but I just figured that, okay, well, that's, that explains it. That's why everybody can have all these, you know, pay their life for these subjective experiences because they're just subjective and they can, everyone's making it up in their own mind to justify themselves. Wow. Everywhere, all the religions, that explains all the anecdotes. And, you know, so that's why I became a hardcore atheist and you know, oh, wanted to save people from religion for... You really did? Oh yeah, I was pretty militant and, and, this is and obnoxious about it for years. Well, so I didn't, I didn't want to like let the cat out of the bag um, with my parents yet because I, I felt that you know, I had to get on my own feet first. Yeah. And I was kind of afraid that they would cut me off or, well, now, did or, you, or did, worse. You believed the church was true. Yeah. What was your relationship with Jesus? Well, it, it's, it's very different uh, well, not before different and after. Now, but, but before, but before I mean, it was like, I mean, it was like a have... janitor Jesus, you know. Jesus is there to clean up after me and make up, make up for my sins because we're not perfect. And he was just there to make up the difference. Wow. And the Bible, of course, didn't have any... Well, you know, the Bible I supported it. You know, that's that's how it always was. You, you you use it when it's convenient, but when it says something that doesn't make sense or it's wrong, then it's like, <laughs> oh, it must be mistranslated. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's so, funny now. You, yeah, it's sad is what it is because we we all grow up that way, or we, that's what our thinking is. So, what did you do as an atheist? You just well, and you were saying you were teaching other people well, and trying to. Yeah, I was for a while. Then I kind of. Uh, transition to more just truth seeking and you know different truth movements and uh, you know I found you know the the world and you know what we call science is not what they say on TV you know there's a difference between popular science and actual science and yeah. and there's so many things that they people just don't know because they don't have the stomach to look or the time to look and there's just so many layers of lies and so to make it a, to make it a lot shorter uh, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to find the truth, the most absolute truth I could find. And that kind of led me to different, you know, esoteric and, and fringe and occult things even. Yeah. Because, and I, I thought I was getting more enlightened. I thought I was um, getting think, better. Yeah. That you'd exposed yourself to a lot more thought and you know, I certainly, philosophies and you stuff. You know, I thought I was like, I was learning things that, you know, most of the, you know, the the useless eater cows, you know, just wouldn't, you know, uh, frankly, in hindsight, it's pretty arrogant. <laughs> yeah. Not, not unlike Mormonism in its own way, I guess. But so what, how long were you in that? And so, and did you ever tell your parents about that? Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my parents found out, uh, you know, not too long when I was, but I went to, you know, a couple days after high school, I drove to, uh, you know, my college campus, couple states away and mm. was going to do all the drugs, sex, and everything else that I was repressed from doing. I was really bitter about it for a long time. I, I just learned that, uh, you know, eventually I learned that all the things that I thought were freeing, you know, they, they kind of have a way of enslaving. Yeah. You know, there's no free lunch. There's, there's always a consequence for everything. And, That's a uh, good point. So, um, if you're talking about, so the second part of the story is, you know, I question so many things. I question everything. That that's why I got back into spirituality and the New Age stuff is because, uh, you know, there there were certainly some patterns. You know, that wasn't making it wasn't adding up, and there seemed to be trends, and I didn't know what to make of those trends with all the different religions. You know, what's in common? What 
I was trying to find the algorithm for happiness because what I was doing, you know, wasn't working and, and just knowing things isn't necessarily leading to happiness. And Wow, well, a, lot of, a lot of thought and effort goes into this, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I basically... Well, uh, one of the one of these fringe topics is you know aliens, UFOs, you know whatever, and paranormal things. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, so like something is going on. And uh, <laughs> and well, at a certain point, I decided, you know, that it was more than a coin flip likely that that certain aliens existed. And I, and I thought that they were bene benevolent, and that was a big mistake. And big mistake. Um, so you learned about the dark side, I guess. Or yeah. Something, huh? Yeah, you know, because I, I did well, there's, people can be happy doing really, really horrible things. They really can. And, you know, uh, they, they didn't... They think they're happy? Or well, they're, they they can, you know, it's not without its thrills, but it's, yeah. I, I would say that it doesn't last, you know. No consequences. Um, and it's so not worth it. Uh, so, that to say that, yeah, I kind of opened myself up and I, I realized that, they were demons. They they were evil, and they they can really was, be real it, and influential. Huh? Yeah, it's like they're putting me through this rat maze, and yeah. and I would make a whole bunch of right choices, and then I would make a wrong one that I didn't expect, and it was it would like make me doubt myself to the core in horrid ways. It was it was it was draining. It was cold. It was not exciting. I don't know how to really give yeah. words to it. Yeah. It was just it was just such a horrendous mistake, and that's when I. I figured because the evil was so real and that spirits were real that there had to be a creator. And so that is when I prayed oh. to the creator to save me from them. Wow, and that must have been, especially having desperate. been an ardent atheist for so long, you like, believe if there's evil there has to be good. And did uh, Yeah, I was really, really desperate. I don't know what to say, but God delivered, man. Oh, good. So what, God so delivers, God so patient and so loving and... He's probably no, smiling the whole time and just thinking, okay, Aaron's going to turn the corner here. And, and uh. Well, uh, th there, were, there were a lot of coincidences and synchronicities or answered prayers or whatever you want to call it that, you know, things that were laid years and years ago were memories that came back to mind that, that showed that, you know, I, I had a better friend that I could dare imagine ask for um, just helping me, trying to teach me. He's just anything to, you know, to make my life better and... Yeah. And there was, it was, it was smart. It was a lot. It was not my idea. It was not something I, <laughs> I willed into existence. It, I did not ask for it. I did not deserve it. I did not earn it in any way, and and that's why I was led to Christianity. Um, I, you know, several months. I was, uh, you know, from the first experience. I mean, it took me weeks to figure out like what is this big message. Yeah. Uh, you know, because because I, I studied all these different topics and like what's real and like what's important and what should I do with my life and and like the and I I didn't want to accept what the message was. It was basically just like there's two <laughs> things. There was it was love and it was you know I, I felt it, I mean I, I controlled the variables. You know yeah. I I made sure you know I wasn't drinking. You know. Was someone playing a trick on me? Is there some <laughs> electronic device? You know, it, it, there, there's really only one logical explanation. Weeks later, I, I stumbled across this Bible study show, and I normally hate those shows. Do you? I normally hate all the Christian TV so bad. In fact, I still do hate most of them. But um, 
But you uh, there was led this Bible to this one Bible show. study? Yeah, it was called Shepherd's Chapel, and I, I was just like, they were just going verse by verse and explaining the characters, and you know, there wasn't a whole lot of other stuff. They were just explaining what it said, and I, I had learned more in, in a half-hour show, you know, plus like a, a half-hour like Q&A thing than I had in years in church. Isn't that amazing? We, I felt the same way. We started reading the Bible with open eyes, and as a child, uh, I was reading stuff there that I'd never read before, and I'd read the New Testament a few times, and it was just amazing. I, I started. So, did you yeah. spend a lot of time with this so, Bible study? So, yeah, I I became enamored, and I well, I keep finding the Bible keeps being right and everyone else, including myself, not so much. You know, yeah. I was told that it had all these errors and and I find that no, it's it's not, you know, most of the time the bigger challenge is not, you know, mistranslation, it's dropping preconceived notions of yeah. what you think it says or what you think it should mean or right. what the doctrine should be. No, if you just read it for what it is, I, I find that it is way more interesting and graphic <laughs> and colorful and profound and, and strong than than I had ever imagined. And it's nothing like the Book of Mormon. So did you, were you led to go to a church or what was your next, what happened next? Well, I, I studied for, you know, many months and when I felt like I had a great handle of things, then I decided to go out and proselytize and meet people and, you know, and talk See, about and, the Bible? Yeah. And talk about Jesus or God? I mean, yeah, did you just do Bible study with other people? And, and there was a, a verse that says, you know, forsake not the assembly. So I decided to go out. Yeah. So I've been going to a whole bunch of different churches and meeting different people, different Bible studies. And yeah. Um, you remember your first time at a church, a Christian church? Mm hmm. Remember going in there? Was there anything unusual about that? or? Yeah, so... Compared to Mormonism, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, in some ways it was kind of a lot more normal than I thought, but, you know, there's definitely stark differences. I mean, yeah. there's the cross everywhere in, in most Christian churches, and there's... What did you think about the cross as a Mormon? Well, as a Mormon, you don't talk about it much. You talk about the Garden of Gethsemane, and you talk about the resurrection, and... Yeah, and, kind of skip over but, that, But too. now it's like, no, the cross was planned, it was prophesied, and it was the... It was the ultimate victory. He was the fulfillment of sacrifice, fulfillment of prophecy. He was the, yeah. you know, the old law didn't go away. It was fulfilled. We just don't understand that just fully like, as LDS, do we? No, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can talk with people about it and they'll agree with me and, you know, to a large extent or, or something, but it's just like it doesn't sink in or something. <laughs> like it doesn't just click. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the contrast that I have between the Old Testament Bible and, or the temple, the Old Testament temple and what Mormons are doing in temples today. Right. There's nothing in the Bible that I've seen yet about, you know, eternal marriage or... No. No. It, Baptism. I think Jesus is pretty clear, you know, when they asked him a series of questions about this, this woman that had married, you know, seven different brothers in succession, who, who would she be with in the, you know, in <laughs> heaven? And, you know, Jesus said, you know... Oh, you need to get your type of bragman. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he said, you know, you do err and, you know, yeah. be like the angels in heaven. It's like, oh, that's an answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. Did you understand grace at all? I mean, you explained this wonderful experience you had about being God coming to your rescue and 
Had you understood grace and works much as I, I thought or? I was a pretty good person, but you know now I realize no, I'm I'm a sinner. Yeah. And I'm getting carried so hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's totally different. Like thinking you're righteous and and knowing that you're a sinner. I think. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot to cover. Are you uh, you're going to a church now, and do you? Uh, do you share now this message much? Do you get a chance to? Yeah, I, I've shared um, well, a couple of people, and yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that you know you have to be open to it in the first place. Yeah. Like you have to ask the question to be able to get an answer for it. But. Well, I often ask, what would the Mormons most misunderstand about Christians? What do you? What would you say to that? Oh. Where to start? Um, that we're normal, <laughs> for one thing, right? <laughs> no, no, it's like they have their own, uh, what are they most misunderstand? There's so many things, so many doctrines. It's like they use all the, use so many of the same words, but they have different meanings and, yeah. and completely opposite implications. Most Christians do not believe that we're going to become gods. And no, I don't think I mean, that, I mean that's what <laughs> Satan tempted, you know, Adam and Eve with that's the right. knowledge of good and evil that they could become as gods and well even in heaven that's what Satan was offering was and force it, people to become God or that's what Mormons teach anyway and they do and they openly admit it and it's uh, you know some people act like it's a secret I don't <laughs> everyone I talk to openly admits that but okay and like but Jesus is you know in Mormonism Jesus is like this older brother he's like just this really cool bro but in Christianity no he is literally God and when he was here on the earth he was literally God in the flesh in the flesh and you know all the nice things you think about God all the you know the wrath you think about God it's all the same person <laughs> What would you? It's all what, the same. What would you encourage Mormons to do now? What you three. you went through a period of atheism, and that's mm -hmm. not unusual. We hear that story quite a bit, where Mormons will leave and become agnostic or atheist. They don't have a foundation in the Bible. They that's don't right. have a foundation in Jesus, as their God. Um, so what? What? How would you help Mormons bridge that? If anyone was listening and oh, was trying to just sh shorten their Read the Bible, drop your preconceived notions, make up your own mind about whether it's true or not, and you know, be humble read enough. Bible. Read the yeah, Bible. be humble enough to admit that you may be wrong about things. You know, and, and if you think it's mistranslated, then I challenge you to produce your own translation. You know, you you can get <laughs> That's a good point. you can get King James and the Strong's Concordance, and you can. Uh, with me, I, I feel like I've been able to resolve just about everything that, that's come up. Yeah, it's not so, perfect, perfect, but it's got the it's, it's got the free, the good news. You don't want to choke you don't want to choke to death on gnats while swallowing camels by the truckload. Yeah, you know. Well, Aaron, our time's gone already. What wonderful story! I I'm so grateful to to God that He brought you out of atheism and and out of Mormonism and a, into a saving relationship with Him. He's so gracious and so good and and oh, yeah. happy, huh? Are you happy? A lot happier. Yeah. Thanks. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact 
at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.